89.1 WBCX presents an interview with Dr. Aaron Tapley, Associate Professor of Art Education at Western Carolina University. Dr. Tapley has completed over 45 murals and 25 large-scale installations in galleries and museums nationwide and has traveled to five continents and 16 countries to research visual art interests. Dr. Tapley's exhibition, Quiddity, is on display in the President's Gallery in the Simmons Visual Arts Center at Brunel University through November 17th. Now, the 89.1 WBCX interview with Dr. Aaron Tapley. Here's Bernal University's Allison Rieger-Cook. Having a good morning? Yes, thanks, Steve. How did you get started in art, and was there a moment or person who inspired you to pursue it? My father was a high school art teacher, so we definitely had art supplies around all the time. I would watch him go to the studio at night. He had a detached barn studio, so I thought it was quite the norm that people did that in their after hours. I know I always, you know, preferred to do creative things rather than run outside and, you know, play with my brother or something. <laughs> I was sort of a quiet, introverted kid, and art just fascinated me. I guess my earliest memory is around four, you know, just loving drawing and clay and everything. Wow, as young as four. That's a really early start. <laughs> I guess, yeah. No, and I totally understand. I was kind of the same way as a kid. It seems the artist types, because we love our uh-huh. own personal world, we kind of want right. to live there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us, though, you have this art exhibition it's called Quiddity. Mm-hmm. What does Quiddity mean, and why did you choose that title for your show? My husband says that it sounds like a Harry Potter term, but uh, it means the essence of things. And I think I'm always trying with marbling, which is the technique used in all the pieces. I want to push the boundaries of what it can do, but I also want to stay within the definition of it. So if I find myself veering to one way or the other, I'll say, you know, is this marbling any longer, you know, or have I shown the essence of what marbling can do. So that's what guides my work, I guess, in this exhibition. For those who may not understand what marbling is, what that technique is, can you tell us a little bit about it? Marbling is, by chemistry principles, um, simply the floating of something on another surface. And just like you would see an oil spill on a puddle or a body of water, it's because the oil is lighter than the water that it's enabled to float. So the same thing applies in marbling. And the Japanese do it on regular water using ink, but the Western tradition is to thicken the water, sometimes with seaweed powder or methyl cellulose, which is a plant fiber. So the water kind of feels like loose jello, and then you put acrylic paint over it, or I do, and the paint itself, the differences between the colors is slight enough in weight that they don't mix without force. So that allows the colors to you know go next to each other, but not become a big ball of mush or one big gray color. You're allowed to get lines and shapes, and you can control the rate of the color spreading or not through different additions of basically acid and bases. So this really does sound like the ultimate blending of science and art. Like You have to be very... Yeah precise to get what you want. Yeah, and you know, I never really was great at science, but it's sort of like cooking, you know, like you learn, oh, this is happening now, and I do this. So it's very intuitive for me at this point, but I'm also constantly thinking at night, after I've done about five hours of marbling, little ideas linger in my head, and then I think, oh, oh, yeah, I should try this or this, whether it's trying a new tool or um, all this kind of thing. I think if I sat and watched somebody marbling, I would go, oh my gosh, that is so complicated. I don't know if I could do it. So what drew you to marbling out of all the different art forms? 
I think I like that sense of magic and surprise. It's a very graceful, meditative process when you do it and when it's working for you. <laughs> and it's really not that difficult at all. It's sort of one of these moment-to-learn, lifetime-to-master kind of activities. A three-year-old could do it, but if you want to push the subtleties and experiments, then you have to stick with it. Five-hour session, I mean, that's usually what I do. In part, everything has to be right, like the room temperature, even the humidity. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to set it up. It's not that spontaneous in the setup, but if, if there's like a good day where everything's kind of flowing right and you even have to use water that doesn't have chlorine in it. So, it's, you know, in my studio, I have to go get water from my well. <laughs> it's not the kind yeah, of thing you can just do plain air or something. You'd like, you need very specific conditions to even do it. Right. You had mentioned that you studied some of the technique in Japan. As I understand, you've been to 16 different countries to study the visual arts. Can you tell us about some of your journeys around the world? just like to travel, and I'm always looking to go to places I haven't been, but I usually do this in the name of learning because that also indicates some sponsorship. So when I went to Japan, it was 19. It was because I had taken Japanese, and it made sense to try that language out rather than go to Europe. So I did, and then places like Brazil, where I went in 2003, that was uh, the National Endowment for the Humanities Fellowship, where they took a bunch of people, not necessarily artists, but people who were interested in land and water, I think was the theme. So sign me up. Mm. I went to India also on a fellowship. We were really looking at the country to take students there in the future, which didn't happen, so the school sponsored my going there. And if I have any control, you know, go to the art sites of whatever country, but I'm also very interested in landscape and nature and so I'm attracted to places that don't look like where I live. Since you mentioned so much with this technique involves water, what do you do it in? I mean, do you do your art in a tub or in a certain vessel? I mean, how do you even set up the conditions? Yeah, I've had had built a tub that's about the size of a couch. So it's like three feet by eight feet. Yeah. So that's my biggest one. And you are looking at something that has to hold water. So the building of these things is quite elaborate. You have to use aquarium paint and glue. I've had these for years. And then I have other tanks that are different paper sizes, smaller. Some of your art pieces, yeah, get very grand in size. So it isn't just, yeah. you know, I was almost wondering like, if you did them in pieces or I wasn't sure how. <laughs> you can even like do it on the floor if you make like a clay wall around it. Oh. So conceivably you could make these bed sheet size, which I've done before. <laughs> You have to have someone else helping you to lay this stuff down. But. Right, but I say it doesn't sound like a one-person job to set it no, all up. No, no, How did you go about choosing which of your art pieces would be in the Quiddity Exposition and which ones yeah. mean the most to you? I brought a lot of pieces there, and I think I you know, took eight home that didn't fit. And it's sort of a compromise between you know, what looks good in the space and even um, to strengthen extent lighting. And when you create an exhibition, it's almost like you're doing an artwork. You want, you know, balance and focal point and you don't want to put two pieces next to each other that compete. I did definitely get suggestions from your museum director. Yeah, she's great. And I guess, again, you know, it was formed by the title and some pieces I discarded because I already had a representation of that technique up. 
So that sort of helped me edit the show. And um, as far as a favorite, I mean, I always say I like the one I'm working on. <laughs> Some are newer than others, of course, in the show, but I think they were all done over the last two years. I'm generally most excited by what I just did because that's a result of a new idea, of course. And there's a piece that's on the, the floor or the carpet. To tell you the truth, I can't remember the title, but called the floor piece. And that's kind of something I've done on a new kind of paper with a more speckled look. And do you know how people put cream and coffee and kind of swirl it to make mm-hmm. a design. Okay, so there's... <laughs> I attempted to, to do that with an oil-based paint so it looked like a coffee spill out of a cup. So there's little hints of humor. I like to be playful, I think. That's a really cute kind of image to give someone. It's like, you know, when your barista is kind of marbling yeah. your coffee. <laughs> I never even thought yeah. of it that way. Yeah, so it's cream versus the coffee that doesn't mix at first. <laughs> and I've noticed looking at some of your pieces, you just, you really love color. The piece that they put to kind of symbolize your art exhibition, just like every color of the rainbow. So, do you like the bright colors? Um, what other kind of art pieces have inspired you to take your art in this direction? I like German expressionism and stuff that's a little bit active in line, I think. But at the same time, Japan influence, there's also a call to subtlety and organic kind of lines. So as I sit here in my house and look around, I'm like, what is my deal with color? But I think color is definitely a mood enhancer. So I'm definitely not a black and white kind of person. And I think the piece they used on the postcard or cover, yes, shows bright colors. I would guess the show altogether. I was thinking autumn, too. Right. I must say this is the perfect time of year for a show, yeah, a show like yeah. that. I'm definitely, whenever I have a show, I think about what time it is in the place. And I don't necessarily matchy-matchy, but I think about the colors I I'd like to see that would be cheerful, I guess. <laughs> what advice would you give to students here at Bernau who want to pursue a career in visual arts? Well, I'd say, you know, just do it. A lot of people doubt the arts as a career, but wonder what exactly you're going to do. But I think that's the point. You know, your mind is creative and you sort of have to make your own path and make it work for you. I am very grateful to be a teacher because that enables me to do what I love and to share what I love and to be supported. You really just have to trust your instincts and know that if you work hard enough, doors will open, I guess. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tapley. This has been a really great time talking to you, and you're going to have an opening reception for your gallery show. That's on September 22nd. It's free and Uh open to the public, and we look forward to seeing you there. Likewise. Thank you very much.